The season's flying by. That's really sad, actually. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Half the games are down. I guess there's still a whole nother half of the season. But anyways, um, kind of a quiet week. Two of our teams, obviously, Georgia Tech and South Carolina, were on bye weeks. Uh, so the recap should be short. Uh, obviously, the best game is Clemson at FSU, which uh, I watched the game, and I don't think the score really – shows the whole story but sam you can get into that yeah i mean ended up being a six point game 34 to 28 obviously they got 14 i don't want to call them cheap ones at the end because we still had quite a few um starters in on defense obviously you got a mixed bag up front and at linebacker but as far as the secondary goes we we still had the first team in so um and and the other thing is, is that florida state in all of recent memory, they would have just rolled over and gotten absolutely, like, just destroyed. Um, but obviously they – I mean, I thought defensively they played pretty well in the second half. Um, and then their offense, obviously at the end, it was garbage time, but um, they played with some pride. So as much as I love to beat their ass, it's it's honestly kind of good that they're improving. Um <clears throat> I don't necessarily like Mike Norvell, but I think he is a good coach. They're definitely headed in the right direction. But we'll just get into the game. Um, the biggest thing for us is that I talked about we had to run the ball better. Um, and Will Shipley had 20 carries for 120 yards. He had like 230 all-purpose if you include the uh, the 70-something yard uh, kickoff return. The old um, grease ball. Yeah, six catches for 48 yards. Um, and I talked about how – Florida State was averaging, um, I think it was like 155 yards given up on the ground against Power 5 opponents, and I thought we would need to go over that. I thought schematically we kind of mitigated that. Um, you know, we ran for 175-ish yards, um, but we also showed something that we we pulled out late last week against Boston College, which was some quick, quick hit and swing passes to the running backs. Obviously, we haven't been a great inside running team, which is – Odd because that's kind of what the offense is predicated on as far as the run game is inside zone, inside gap scheme powers. Um, so early downs, first and second down, I mean, we threw the running backs. Him, Shipley, and Moffa combined for nine catches and 61 yards. Um, and it was all on early down swing passes. Um, perimeter blocking, I thought, was fantastic. Um, going back and watching Adam Randall played as much, he played more than he's played in a single game to this point as far as snap totals and he blocked his ass off, which, you know, obviously the receivers didn't really have a ton of production. Um, Antonio Williams had a couple of catches, obviously the long touchdown, but um, really didn't get those guys involved as much as probably would have liked. Um, but DJ, again, he played clean. I mean, there were a handful of plays downfield that he missed. Um, 
two of them on the same drive. And then later on, there was there was a couple more that he took a sack where we had Bo Collins just running wide open through cover three and nobody's even around him. Um, so there were there were more points and yards to be had for us offensively. But the biggest thing is that he's not putting the ball in danger. You go back and look at throws that are, you know, into coverage or where he's even even on some of the ones that he missed accuracy wise. He's putting the ball in the right place. He's typically making the right decision when he does throw it. It's just there's still a little bit of hesitation sometimes. Um, but again, if you're not putting the ball in, in in danger, I'm okay with you not hitting some of the explosive plays because he's hitting more than his fair share. Um, and I thought defensively, I thought we I thought we played I thought we played well. Um, we just did not do a good job against all the stretch zone stuff that Florida State ran. They ran it out of the pistol. They got shotgun. They were motioning their tight end in, you know, cracking back and sealing. And we just didn't – we didn't play our gaps very well. And that's been kind of a recurring issue with the linebackers. Um, I mean, they ended up with over 200 yards rushing, and most of it was on stretch plays. Guys just working a couple steps and then cutting back into a hole because one oh. – Went frozen. Let's see if we can get Sam back here. <laughs> okay, are you back? Are you back? I mean, y'all are back. Okay, yeah, you're back. I don't know where I cut out. Uh, you're talking about Florida State running stretch plays, you know, going outside, cutting into a hole, um, stuff like that. Yeah, so basically that's really concerning considering we have Sean Tucker, who's one of the best running backs in college football, coming next week. Um, but again, like I said in the beginning, six-point game felt like a six-touchdown game. Obviously, in middle eight, we outscored them 17-0 um, from like six minutes to go in the first half until really like the halfway point, seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. And we put up 20 unanswered. Um, so just kind of – just kind of hate that we lost the edge, especially defensively. We didn't tackle well down the stretch. Um, but, again, never going to complain about a win on the road against a good team. Obviously, Florida State's lost three in a row to Wake, then NC State, then us. Um, after a 4 no start, kind of takes some of the shine off them. But I do think they're a good team. They're a much-improved team. They're very athletic defensively. Um, I mean, but, again, like I said, it was, a, it was an entertaining game um, until it wasn't. So. Yeah. We'll see. Just happy to, happy to win for sure. Yeah, there you go. Another win under the belt. 7 and 0, in that right? 7 and 0. Um, but I guess well, we got the only other game this week was UGA Vandy. Uh Divini is not even to call that a game, honestly. Divini is not here. Um, UGA correspondent is out. Yeah, because he's always like matters. They won but... 55 zip. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia wins 55 0. Wasn't really a game. Whole way through was dominated by Georgia. Um, there's really Georgia not much... do good, Vandy do bad. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, we can, if, honestly, we can move on if we want to. Or we could talk about Tennessee Alabama game for a second. I think we, I think, I think we probably need to. Yeah, I think that one's got to be addressed. <clears throat> I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know. I mean, Hemden Hooker to Hemothy Hyatt. <laughs> Absolutely. They're him. <laughs> They'd score him. a touchdown, and I'd be like, yo, is this bro? Is that, That's bro. That's Yep. There that's he goes. 
There. Okay. Okay. Is this, I, is this, is this another told, one? I told Davini and Sam, but um, Hyatt's from South Carolina. He was a local kid, and Will Muschamp didn't even offer him because he said it was too small to play in the SEC. Well, if you're a Virginia Tech fan watching that game, you were in your – You got to be sick. You got to be sick. Hendon Hooker, you, they played Braxton Burmeister over him. Um, and then Dylan Hyatt was committed there for a while. Hyatt was committed there and is now at Tennessee. You're just looking at those two thinking, we're so Which, bad. And <laughs> – those guys are over at Tennessee. Just also, Hamir Gibbs went off. Hamir, <laughs> that dude, I, he's insane. It, it um, really hurts to watch, but hey, you know, I th- I think the game if comes you, down. If you love to... them, sometimes you just gotta let them go to Bama. You know, yeah, yeah, that's I true. Guess if, I think if you really love that, them. that might be where Jaheim Bell's headed at some point, but um. I think Jahim, the game will become to him. Yeah. I think the game came down to Alabama just having 17 penalty or 18, 17 or 18 penalties for like 150, 60 yards. Um, That's, it's really weird to see Bama not so disciplined. I mean, that was the most penalties in program history, which is, I mean, this is not the team to, to do that against, obviously. But the what's really crazier is what, the Texas game, they had what was it, over 13 penalties? Yeah, and that's like the second or third most ever under Nick Saban. Yeah, so it's like it's just this is shit they do every week now, which is yeah, just odd to see. I mean, but, I was honestly Tennessee came out on like a, a crazy hot start, exactly what they needed. The first quarter was yep. 21 to seven. I was surprised. I mean, the fact that Alabama was even in the game at the end was a little bit surprising because it seemed like it was dominated by Tennessee, but. I don't know. And as, it was crazy. And as much credit as Tennessee's going to get, Bryce Young went crazy. Yeah. Bryce Young had to play perfect for them to be in that game, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Yeah, dude. 35 for 52. Dude is good. But, I mean, like, to see what, like, Alabama's turned into offensively is really strange because it used to be just we're going to run it straight down your throat, and then if not – We've got somebody. We've got at least two receivers that can outrun anybody on your defense. They just don't. They don't have those dogs outside this year. And they turned into such a stretch run team with Jameer, and he's so patient. Just he's like, you know, just taking his time, taking his time, and he it's one little tiny gap, and he's like, all right, I'm about to head out. And yeah, dude, he's so good. His feet are so fucking quick. It's I on that first touchdown run. Dude dives at his feet, and he goes from both feet in the same position to outside that guy's ta- arms in the tackle in like a split second. He's to the house. It's like in a one-on-one situation, he gets faster when he's making his breaks. He's just Which different. Is, that's that's Hamir Gibbs, bro. And it's a different kind of speed too, where it's like he's faster than you, not even trying to run. Like he's out yeah. there just like a three-quarter jog. What's what? Yeah, I don't know. Did y'all see? There's I think a that was like a swing pass. Oh, yeah. Uh, to him oh, yeah. late. And then he, like, juked a couple guys out and was just jogging down the sideline, like, looking for – he's, like – you could tell he's trying to set up a juke, but had nowhere to go. There, He was, like, three guys bracketing to the – Yeah, sideline. I mean, he got back to the line of scrimmage and was like, oh, shit, I'm going to dip on these boys and turn yeah. on the burners, like, 20 yards and then jog for another 15. But that's, that's the always- thing I was telling Jacob and Davini. Like, he's he's so much like Alvin Kamara in the sense that he's faster Slippery. than you. Like, he's quicker than you. 
you're never going to square his ass up. Like, you're never going to see him get decleated. See, that never. was the thing. At the, that was his knock. When people are like, oh, he goes to Bama, he's not going to be able to take those hits. Like, he's not big enough. He's not built for it. He, he doesn't, doesn't take them. He doesn't take them because he either – like, I don't, somehow he's just one of those guys that avoids those big hits. Like, he looks like he's about to get squared up. Like, say somebody's got him, you know, stood up a little bit around the legs and the hole. He just never yep. gets squared up. It's kind of it's kind of weird. I mean, he did on the I don't know if y'all saw he got rocked at the beginning of the game, setting up a block on kickoff. He wasn't returning because uh, <laughs> Jace McClellan came in to start the game. Jameer usually came comes in first uh, every offensive series, but I was watching the game. I was like, holy shit, he just got rocked, and then like a couple of plays later, he came in. So I guess it's fine. But other than that, dude, like he just don't take big hits, but. I, I it's kind of frustrating to watch, like to hear some of the things you see about out because like Alabama is Alabama, right? Like their defense is still people are like, oh, their defense is broken. You know, they're not what they were, and they may not be what they were at one point. But also, what Tennessee does, and and that system, I mean, that it's it's nuts. It, it's it and makes the, you and make the other decisions. thing about it is 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 because because they have everybody split so far. It does two things. One, you obviously have to declare numbers in the box. You can't have overhang defenders. Two, you have to play too high. You you literally cannot go single high coverage because if you do, you're gonna have Jalen Hyatt who can outrun you. And the thing is, they didn't have Cedric Tillman, who's their best receiver. There's really no question he's the most talented receiver they got. Yeah. And he's and he's on the sideline. They have two really good running backs. Their offensive line is, I mean, guys that have played a lot of ball. And Hendon Hooker is just him. And so it's literally you, like you you have – and the crazy thing about it is, is all their route concepts are built basically to attack a safety because you have to go too high on them. So, obviously, you have to assume that you're going to be in some sort of some sort of cover two because, I mean, that's really about as much as you can do against them. And they're just going to run dig routes. They're going to run option routes out of the slot. They're going to run fades. I mean, and the way that they were able to get Jalen Hyatt on DeMarco Hellams twice, one-on-one with a safety press over. That's and, right. and Hendon Hooker <laughs> is going to throw a dot 40 yards down the field every time. That's what I was just about to say. They, they, for one, they protect Hendon really well. Bama, like, there was just a lot of times where Bama defense line were just stood up. And you're like, okay, there's no – They, didn't get, get, they didn't get any penetration. Yeah, and then second – they make sure that the safety and the corner have to make those that those schemes. The safety and corner have to make a, a decision really fast, and if they're not on the same page, someone's toast. And it just happened to be Marco Helms every time. Poor guy. Now he Boy, did get a pick. The game. one time they finally got, they did get some pressure inside a couple of times, and on the pick, I mean, the ball just sailed. He couldn't step into the throw. It's, but the thing is, he was throwing to Brew McCoy. Homie's open. He's open in the hole. Like, yeah. I mean, also it's, that it's a, that near pick six at the end of the game that would have sealed it for Bama was questionable. I don't. Was a questionable I don't think call. it was. I don't think it was pass interference. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Because then there was, I mean, there was an off play. The ball was, was a little one, bit underthrown. There was one that they didn't call on Tennessee. I think the drive before that was probably the same like degree of contact yeah and you could have called it and they didn't call it so it's kind of like yeah you don't call it one way and you call it the other i kind of don't like you know stepping in and making yourself known at the end of the game as an official but 
I mean, also I Bama's, that, Bama's that been Bama's call. been getting calls. The targeting call was really bad, yeah. but Bama's been getting calls for freaking since two thousand eight. So yeah, I mean, as a the Bama thing fan, is, is that is if you're a Bama fan or somebody that's saying the refs like fix the game or whatever, you have to understand that of the seventeen penalties they had, thirteen of them were procedural. Yeah, thirteen were like pre snap holding stuff. I mean, like not necessarily subjective calls. Like yeah. I, I saw something. I saw something on Twitter, and I don't know if it's true. You know, I mean, everything on Twitter is true, but um, can't put it on the internet. It's not exactly. But I I saw that there's not been a single holding call against a team that's played Alabama this season. Well, I, I think I think in general holding calls are down because I started doing research on that because. I felt like, especially the NC State and Boston College games, close defensive line was eating and just getting held all yeah. the time. And then I started to go back and look at it. Well, I'm like, well, we're not getting any holding calls in pass protection. Now, on, on runs, if you get somebody to the edge, that's where the holding calls would be. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of pass protection, I feel like, just in general, it's just not getting called. Now, as far as Clemson's concerned, we've had 25 tackles for loss, like somewhere in the low 20s in terms of pressures, nine or ten sacks last three games. So if we are getting held, it's obviously not working. But I mean, I'm it's just sort of weird. And I don't know if I don't know if that's just me, like with a small sample size of some research, or if it's like actually a concerted effort to like let them play. I mean, you see a lot be. more holding calls on run plays. Like Alabama had Absolutely, one yeah. when they scored a touchdown. And it was a clear hold. But, like, unless it's, like, really egregious on some type of stretch run or – but, like, as far as guys just pa- in the pass rush, like, you, it's so clear. You're, like, as a fan, you're sitting there watching the game. You're like, holy shit, dudes are getting mugged. And they just don't call it. Hell, it happened against Duke a couple times. I mean, yeah, and I mean, my thing is, is if it's not going to, if we're not going to get the call, just don't give it to the other team. Like you said, if you're going to give it to Tennessee, you got to give it to two. Yeah. So as long as it's not like a lopsided thing, subject to call, you're gonna you're gonna get hosed and you're gonna get lucky, like Shipley fumbling out of the end zone. If we don't get another call for the rest of the season, I'm cool with that. We've already got our gift. Christmas came early, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, that's fair. But I mean, also like. Bama fans, like we said, they, they can't really say much. It's not like they haven't had their fair share of calls over the years. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, like you said, the majority, two-thirds of those penalties were, you know, definitely procedural, you know, for sure penalties. So it's kind of when you when you have that many penalties that you really did commit, the, the ones that are marginal or, you know, you're not really sure about it. it's kind of like yeah well you didn't leave much margin for error there so exactly well I guess I guess we can uh slide into week eight breakdowns yeah um we'll Basically go with pressed just don't say the week just say this <laughs> week's game we'll go with the the game with the biggest spread which is surprisingly an actually really good game Clemson versus Syracuse Clemson sits at a 13 and a half point favorite yeah, um, obviously both teams are six and zero. This is the first time um, in the history of Memorial Stadium that both teams have come in six and zero or better in the eighty-one year history of the stadium, which is crazy. Um, 
That is but crazy. I think at this point, we don't really – we don't know how good Syracuse is. Obviously, last week was a top 15 matchup. They beat NC State 24-9 without Devin Leary. Um, they just loaded the box, and they couldn't throw the ball. Um, so, I mean, arguably their best win is at home 32-29 over Pitt, where they won basically on a last-second throw to a Ronde Gadsden. Um, but just talking about personnel-wise real quick, um, they got a pair of corners that I think are really, really good. Uh, Garrett Williams is – Definitely going to get drafted, probably a middle-round type player. Um, not super tall, but he is – he's long. He's got long arms. He can run. Um, just in terms of pure cover corner, he's one of the better ones I think we'll we'll see all year. Um, and then, you know, at linebacker, they're, they're, they're sort of an odd front defense, typically with a – typically like a 3-3-5 kind of, kind of personnel-wise. They will go into four, four linebackers. Um, and all their linebackers, especially Michael Jones, are are super active. And another thing is they they blitz a lot, like about fifty percent of their defensive snaps. I think just over fifty percent. Uh, they're bringing they're bringing six guys considered a blitz. Um, but up front they're small. Obviously they're only running three three down linemen um, usually, but those guys are only averaging like two hundred fifty something pounds. Um, so just Jeez. really not a not a big front. Um, Obviously, being smaller, they're they're really athletic. Um, pass pass rush, they're they're pretty good. Um, but I think a weakness of them, obviously, when you're small up front, is the fact that you know they're only allowing 95 yard rushing a game. So I can't sit here and say that they're a a bad rush defense because statistically and on tape, that's not been the case. But also, when you look at their schedule, I mean, they got they got Louisville off the bat and beat the hell out of them. Um, and they were able to shut down Malik Cunningham in that game. Uh, but since then, I mean, they played Wagner, UConn, NC State when they knew they couldn't throw, so they just loaded the box. I mean, haven't really played anybody. They almost got beat by Virginia. Um, so I think they're 99th in the country out of 130-something FBS teams in terms of stuff rate. So in terms of tackles made at or behind the line of scrimmage against the rush, they're not good. Um, so I think obviously, like I said, we're not an elite inside rushing team, but I think obviously that's sort of the DNA of our offense. And I think we might have a little bit more success with it this week. Um, <clears throat> offensively, we know about Sean Tucker. He hasn't been quite as efficient this year. He's only averaging like five yards a carry. Watch what you say for, about him. That's my dog. I mean, he's 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 still that guy. I'm not I'm not <laughs> trying to do that, but um, hasn't been quite as efficient. He's also He's also been dealing with a, a couple of little, like, nagging injuries. Seems like week to week he just picks up some other stuff. Obviously, they're leading rusher. He's their second leading receiver. Um, and they do a really good job of getting him the ball in a lot of different ways. Um, Garrett Schrader, at quarterback, is also – he's playing a whole lot better. I mean, his his completion percentage is, like, 67%, something like that. He was at, I think, somewhere in the mid-50s, 56 57% all of last year. Um, and the biggest difference is that they're they're throwing the deep ball now. Um, is it sixty nine point seven percent? Okay, so yeah, he's up near seventy percent, which is really impressive. Um, and they're they're hitting a lot of deep balls. I talked about Aronde Gatson earlier, and that's that's sort of been his go to guy. He's another big receiver. I think he's like six four, six five, um, and they really they really work him in the red zone. Uh, I thought we played Johnny Wilson pretty good last week. Um, so that was probably a good little warm up for him. Um, 
But like Wake, they're returning all five offensive linemen. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, Robert and I and their quarterbacks, Coach Tim Beck, both coming over from Virginia. I've talked about them when we played Virginia in the COVID year. And even even since then, I'm I'm a huge fan of Robert and I just because he's never been the coordinator at a place that's got really, really elite personnel, but he's extremely creative. I mean, they they use their personnel as good as anybody. Talking about Aronde Gatson, they're going to line him up. They've lined him up at tight end, in the slot, boundary, field wide receiver. They put him in the backfield, run play action, and hit a wheel route tight end to him. Like, the guys that they need to get the ball to, they're going to find as many different ways to get them the ball as they can. Um, and they just do so many different things. They're going to line up under center with a fullback. They'll go tempo, spread you out five wide. Like, they, they're just going to throw so much shit at you. Um, but getting into keys of the game, I think we're going to have to control the ball. Um, we've done a really good job of scoring once we get across the 50. Um, still would like to see a few more touchdowns in the red zone as we've had some some drive stall there. Um, but if you can continually put together drives, because that's what makes their defense so good, is that they're not allowing explosive plays. Um, and obviously we've been predicated on hitting some downfield shots. I don't know if that's really going to be the M.O., this game, we're obviously going to keep taking them because it's who we are. But just because they're corners, I don't, I don't know if a lot of that stuff's going to be there. Um, so having to drive the whole length of the field is is difficult against any sense. Um, so when you do get across midfield, getting points, keeping the pressure on them is going to be um, imperative. And then obviously you talked about the undersized defense line. We're going to have to keep pounding it inside. Obviously, I talked about I like the swing pass to the running backs, getting your guys touches in space. I'd like to see I'd like to see that be involved, but I'm fine with going back to just heavy gap scheme and quarterback powers. Um, and then again, just got to be smart in vertical passing game. We're gonna keep doing it. Um, but the, with the way they blitz, I feel like the middle of the field is gonna be open. Um, I'd really like to see Antonio Williams and the tight end combined for 10 catches between the three of them. Um, and just wear out the middle of the field. We saw it against Wake. They're they're kind of an aggressive defense and a nickel uh, structure a lot of times, too. And that's what we did. We threw the middle of the field. We opened up the tight ends, threw some RPO stuff in there. Uh, and I think we're going to have to see a similar game plan um, to what we did against Wake. But I think the biggest thing is that Syracuse hasn't really played anybody. I think the spread's probably about right. I mean, if we come out and play defense a little more soundly than we did last week, I mean, we could we could have this game be over middle of the third quarter again. Yeah. Um, but as far as score predictions goes, I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna get to thirty. Um, I think we'll probably end up in like a like a thirty-one seventeen type game. I just I I think their offense has improved. Um, maybe thirty-one twenty-four. Um, but it's difficult to say because you just don't know what to, what to say about them right now. And Vegas has given us the benefit of the doubt at thirteen and a half, so we'll stick with that. We'll say thirty-one seventeen. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, but I guess moving on. I, I think I just realized that Georgia Tech versus Virginia is tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just glossed over that fact. But, yeah, Sid, get into that. Georgia Tech's favored by three points. Yeah, uh, I think this – I don't know how often we've been favored in the past three years in an ACC game, but um, – Definitely a good chance to, to keep on the track that we are on, kind of building some momentum here. Um, Virginia's not good, really struggling for some reason on offense. 
um, under under uh, Tony Elliott. I'm not really sure what the deal is there. Brandon Armstrong really had a good uh, year last year. I think he almost set the ACC record for total passing yards last year. Um, they used a lot of pre-snap motion, really gave Brennan a lot of info pre-snap. Um, and they don't do much of that this year. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, maybe he's struggling a little bit. I know that they say culture is not very good right now because a lot of people, it's a weird situation with Bronco Mendenhall just kind of quit, right? It wasn't like he got fired or it wasn't like he got, was so good that he left, which is your typical situation at a school like Virginia. It's just kind of like, okay, well, we get a new coach because they got quit. And then, you know, I don't know, things are different and apparently everyone's pretty frustrated. So offensively, I don't think they'll be all that good. Uh, hopefully the bye week didn't wake them up per se. That typically is kind of how things go for us, unfortunately. So I hope that's not the case. Hope defense has a good day. Um, and offensively, after the bye, I think we have to be able to put it together and score you know, close to 40 points. I think that's kind of what we're looking for. Um, you know, I, their defense is not bad. Uh, they'll be missing one linebacker for sure. The actual uh, really good linebacker that is almost leading the league in, in tackles. Um, he'll be, he's kind of questionable, has a knee injury. So I think it's a good opportunity for us to kind of get the run game established and uh, really try to put up some yardage and put up some points. Uh, I think we worked a lot on red zone offense, you know, finishing drives, not settling for field goals. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to preview. Brennan Armstrong has not been great. They have a couple of good receivers, um, and their running back is the same guy from last year. So it's, it'll be interesting. I think Tody Elliott's really, really struggling from, from what they say. So it's kind of interesting to see. But yeah, I'm interested to see how uh, a week off, you know, how it we fare from that. It was a good time to get some some guys back from injury. I know offensive line was kind of beat up. Um, Jeff Sims was beat up. He needed the week off. Uh, he was he's day to day, but he's gonna play. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited. Thursday night game. I think we'll actually have a pretty decent crowd. Thursday night games usually aren't as good, you know, when we are filling the stadium up a little bit just because it's Thursday night. But I'm looking forward to it. Night game in Atlanta. It's usually fun. So yeah, yeah score I mean, for us. Yeah. Yeah, score prediction, I'm gonna take like 35-17. Okay. They beat their ass. Hell yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean I mean if you if you look at it, I mean I'm I don't want to get into the, the previous game, but Duke we really should have beat their ass. Um we were uh, 20 I mean that was we were up 20 to 6 kind of one of those games where if you get a stock where you need to like you should be able to just go punch it in and go up three touchdowns and then just kind of beat their ass from there but we kind of let them hang around that's not what we and Duke's a much better team than Virginia much better coached um offense is much better so um I mean Virginia ranks last in the ACC statistically on offense and a lot of things especially quarterback play which is really strange to see but um, I think it's because they lost Robert and I and Tim back. Yeah, I honestly I agree. believe that wholeheartedly. They just don't – they don't score many points. You know, outside of their first game against Richmond where they scored 34, they haven't scored over – I mean, they scored 20 against Syracuse, but that's – I mean, they haven't even hit 20 in the other four games. 
They're bad. Yeah. Really which is bad. which is really shocking if you watch what Brendan Armstrong did. Brendan Armstrong did last year. Yeah, he went crazy. So I I, I really do lose, think it has to do with coaches. You know the offense they ran last year, and they gave him a lot of info pre-snap. He kind of knew where he was going with the ball, and he mixed in his his legs really well. And this year, he's just careless with the ball. Doesn't really he's indecisive. Doesn't really know where he's going with it, and turns it over a lot. And it's just it's just not been good which has got to be frustrating as a fan to watch that and then swap, you know, coaching staff and see what's going on with that. You got to be like, dude, what, what the hell happened? Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is they lost, they lost basically their entire offensive line. And obviously that's never good. So I don't think anybody, I, I think like for me, I would have expected them to take a step back, but they've taken like three or four steps back. But the thing is they really don't even struggle to protect him that bad. If you look at it. If you look yeah, at I, mean, I haven't offense, I haven't watched a ton of Virginia, so yeah, I haven't either. If you just look at the way their their offensive line grades and everything, it they really don't pass block all that poorly. And <laughs> well, they don't like, throw it all that well. So. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It's really just he looks lost out there. Well, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, he'll continue I, to look lost against, against y'all on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, it's, sounds sounds good for me. It's just. It seems like one of those deals where typical tech, like you're like, oh, we should beat their ass. They're struggling. Like he comes out there and puts it together and puts up 45 points. <laughs> so, Let's I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally, you know, sold. So we'll see. But it yeah, does well, feel good to actually be excited about a game, and you know, definitely. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's interesting that both before, before we before we go past this. I've been cut off if like six Brent Key, If Brent Key wins this game, do you even interview anybody else? I, th- I, I think it's still too early to tell. Because, I mean, if you got – well, I guess this would only be the fifth win, so. This, this will be, be – yeah, this will be an ongoing storyline, though. I'm sitting here thinking you are about to be bowl eligible. Yeah. No, I'm I mean, already, already, already with this He's got a way to go. Um, I, I think I think if he gets us to a bowl game, you know, could we continue to look, improve week to week and start winning, keep winning some games, beating these teams we should, Virginia, Virginia Tech, you know, Miami maybe, and then toss up came with FSU and uh, uh, North Carolina. Then, I'm, I mean, yeah, you make a good point, but it's a little early right now. But, I mean, from after now, I like what I see, so. Leader yeah. in the clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I was going to say is it's interesting that both the teams are coming off bye weeks because two other teams coming off bye weeks are South Carolina and Texas A&M. But, yeah, I thought that was – I thought the whole bye week thing was a smooth transition. Anyways, um, huge game for South Carolina. Obviously, uh, they started playing Texas A&M. Um, what's eight years ago? 2014. Yep. And haven't won a single game, uh, 0-8 against the Aggies as of right now. And, and the last few games have been absolute blowouts. Um, but this game this year feels feels pretty winnable for South Carolina. Uh, Texas A&M is, is not a super great team. South Carolina actually outranks them in both offense and both total offense and total defense, according to NCAA.com. Um, I'm not really sure how they, how they get those ratings uh, or whatever, but – I thought that was a little interesting. Um, 
but all that to say, Texas A&M is just a, a fairly average team. Haynes King isn't anything special. I think Max Johnson's probably their best quarterback. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Texas A&M have had a couple games. You know, they beat Arkansas, who we lost to. Um, but you know, Arkansas sort of beat themselves. They fumbled on like the one yard line, and Texas A&M took it all the way back. They had a couple turnovers, and then. The uh, Alabama almost – or they almost eat, beat Alabama. Um, Alabama also had a few turnovers that game uh, with Jalen Milrow at quarterback. Um, but other than that, they haven't been super impressive. They don't score a lot of points. Um, and their defense is just just average, you know. So, you got to keep leaning on Marshawn Lloyd in the run game, I think. Um, you need Spencer Rattler to have a clean game. You know, against Kentucky, he had two two turnovers, one pick, one fumble. Um, and I'm afraid if you do that this game that you might not be able to fight back from it. Um, but, you know, I, I just – I still, you know, we're a year and a half in, and I still don't know what Satterfield's necessarily trying to do with the offense, um, which is troubling for sure. But – Hey, you know, I think this is a winnable game. Uh, they're favored by three points. Uh, we're at home. We're in Williams-Brice. It's a night game. The lights are going to be flashing. Um, yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited to be Sid there. Yeah, Sid will be there. And, you know, I mean, just all over the board, I, I feel like both teams are fairly average. Uh, Texas A&M doesn't protect very well. Um, their best player, I, won't, I, I can't believe I almost forgot to mention him, but A-Chain, the running back, is definitely their best player on offense, especially after losing a nice Smith in the Arkansas game. Um, he's going to get his, just like Chris Rodriguez got his in the Kentucky game. Uh, he's going to get his yards, but we just can't let him be the one that beats us because um, I, don't, I don't know if Haynes King alone is going to be able to beat us. But, um, you know. Is he for of, sure going to play, though? Like, is that 100% Haynes King? Yeah. Haynes King? I mean, that's what okay. Jimbo said earlier this week. Yeah, but how healthy is he? Because Bro, his I, dad I, must uh, be like their biggest donor or something. Has to be a, a Haynes, uh, a, a healthy Haynes King. I'm not sure he's good enough to beat you, you know, on a, on a regular day. And then a, a Haynes King that is somewhat healthy. Yeah, Connor Connor Wegman must be bad. Dude, they or, they they have nothing at quarterback. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, their best player is Devon A. Chain, their running back. He's, I mean, he's a dog, to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's about that. Yeah. So if you can contain him and, and play, I mean, you're not going to fully contain him. He's, he'll, he'll get 100 all purpose yards, maybe even 100 on the ground. But if you can do your best to contain him um, and then play a clean game on offense, limit the turnovers, and you're going to come out and you're going to play special teams. That's just what, that's what Shane Beamer's team did, teams do uh, thus far. So um, that's what I'm looking for. And, you know, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Neither of these offenses are very good. The over-under set at 44-and-a-half right now. I That's tough. I feel like that's a pretty good line. Um, I see something, like, in the low 20s. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, 27-21. Uh, that's obviously over the over under, but it feels like that feels like a good uh, score prediction to me for some reason. It's just when I do score predictions, I just kind of do whatever first pops into my brain. Um, just kind of a gut feeling. So I don't know. 
I mean, and there's a part of me that feels like I should just pick AM because I picked Texas AM or I picked uh I picked Kentucky last week to win or not last week, but the week before I picked Kentucky to win and obviously South Carolina beat them by 10. Um so there's a part of me that just wants to pick Texas AM just for the just for the superstitious part, but um I think like a 27 21, 27, 23 type game is is fair. And Satterfield usually does pretty good off of a bye week. Um, I mean, there's not extensive um, – there's not extensive whatever, you know, to show that. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Both teams got off bye weeks. Both teams had a lot to fix over the bye week. We'll see who fixed it better. Uh, so, yeah. I think it's going to be a really competitive game, though. Oh, I agree. I do, too. That's kind of why I'm excited. Um, like I was thinking about yeah, it's going to be good. I think the atmosphere is going to be good. I know. That, I, got, yeah. I got so lucky. Like, I was planning on being in Charleston this weekend, and I was like, yeah, we're going to leave Saturday for the Tech game. And then my dad and I didn't realize Tech's like Thursday. So I was like, well, shit, we'll be there Saturday. And Jake was like, well, I'm going to the Texas A&M game. And then worked out. I'm going to go. But I was thinking about it. I feel like we need to make it a mandatory thing. We all need to at least go to a game that involves our team in person. So, like, I will have seen Clemson play now South Carolina, and then I'll say Georgia, obviously Georgia and Georgia Tech play at the end of the year, unfortunately. But, you know, y'all been to – Hey, I need to see Georgia Tech play then. Yeah, I'm just saying. I've seen, I've seen South Carolina. I've seen Georgia. I, I think I'll see Clemson at the end of the season. So I'm just uh, saying it, it, it needs go. to be a thing. If, if we're going to sit here and talk about each other's teams and – like you feel like you got you, you there's a perfect opportunity for us to see everybody's team. Yeah. If Tech and if Tech and Carolina would just go ahead and schedule the non-conference game. Dude. Bro, we're gonna meet in the bowl game this year. Wouldn't that, that be would crazy? Be, that would be sick if we met in the bowl game. That'd be dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I feel like we would get our ass beat, but obviously uh, I mean we couldn't beat anybody's ass, but um I mean yeah back back to the game overall I think these are two teams that you just don't really know what you're gonna get week to week. Um, so it's just kind of, I think home field advantage is, is going to be a, a key for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to know. The BM could, could go either way. I mean, Texas A&M could come out and beat our ass or maybe we go out there and put up 35 points. You just, you really, there's no way to know. Cause I, like I said, I still don't know what Satterfield is trying to do with the offense. So who knows? Anyway, college football. I mean that's fair. But anyways, we can Anybody. we can slip and slide right into the picks. Perfect timing for Sam to freeze. Literally, yeah. His, yeah. his one job. <laughs> this is his one job, and he's frozen. There he is. You're, good. You're back. back. You're back. You're back. There you I was about to say, y'all. Normally, when I freeze, y'all freeze too. Anyways. Uh, first game, obviously, we got a little Thursday night. Virginia, Georgia Tech action. Uh, the Jackets are favored by three at home. I'm taking Georgia Tech here. I'm, I mean, Virginia sucks. Georgia Tech's been playing better. I like it. I'm also obviously, uh, you know, I ditched the rule of ride with your squad, but I honestly think we're going to win the game. So I'm going to take us. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going Georgia Tech until Brent, Brent Key shows me something different. So, yep. Connor, Boy Connor also has the jackets here. So, Davini's – I don't know what Davini's doing, but 
clean sweep for Texas. His, his so picks far. are being nullified. Every pick we get through that he's not here is is a loss. He gets a zero point. Yeah. yeah, he gets zero points. Hate it for him. Uh, next game up. Uh, obviously, I've already talked about Clemson and Syracuse. Uh, Clemson at home, 13.5-point favorite, Lil Nooner. It's homecoming. Um, but like I said, we just don't know what to expect from Syracuse. Um, and I'm, 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 you, you just ride with your squad, period. Yeah, yeah, give me Clemson. Um, yeah. Definitely think they're going to they're gonna ride. So. Yeah, I mean, that's not too hard of a choice. I'm going Clemson. I, I like Syracuse and I like Sean Tucker, but they're it's just not enough. Yeah, I like I like Dino Babers. I like Robert and I. I like what they do. They're just I just hate it for him. Connor also has Clemson here. Smart man. Um, the next one we got a little American action. We haven't picked um, an SMU game in a while, so I figured we might as well throw one in there. Uh, we got Cincinnati favored by three on the road. I'm taking the Bearcats. Yeah, I'm after SMU got hammered by UCF, not picking them. I was just about to say that was my reasoning. So I appreciate you you covering that for me. Give me uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> Gum it, dude. Um, I I just I have I want to pick SMU. I really do, but I just have to pick Cincinnati. SMU just doesn't really have a run game. I like Tanner Mordecai and everything, but. I think losing Sonny Dykes. I think losing Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley really, really hurt this team. Yeah, no doubt. Connor has SMU here, um, so we'll 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 see where that one goes. Um, This game up is another interesting one. Ole Miss undefeated on the road at LSU. They're a point and a half dog here, Um, and LSU don't look now, but they actually kind of. Kind of looked good last week against Florida. Um, looked a lot better, I'll say that. Um, I'm just still not convinced. Obviously, Ole Miss is not a great team. I could easily see them losing, but um, I'm I'm picking Ole Miss here. Yeah, uh, give me Ole Miss. Yeah, dude, I th- I think I gotta go Ole Miss here. I'm I mean Vegas is Vegas is smart. You know, there's a reason that they they're favoring LSU here. Um. Uh, Jaden Daniels for LSU is obviously their leading passer, but also their leading rusher, surprisingly. He has 400 yards on the ground. Dude's, a, dude's an absolute weapon. Um, but with, with Ole Miss's ground game, they got two dogs. I just got to go with them. Yep. Next game up, we'll go back to the West Coast. Uh, UCLA and Oregon. Oregon home team here, six-point favorite. UCLA, another undefeated team as an underdog on the road. Just like with Ole Miss, I don't think they're an elite team, but I think they're good enough to win. Um, I mean, the way DTR is playing right now, it's hard not to pick them. So, give me the Bruins. Yeah, give me the Bruins. I don't think they're an elite team. I think they're a good team. Um, And I just really don't know what to think about Oregon. So, give me UCLA. You know what? I'm going to go with Oregon here. I'm not really sure why. Um, they've looked a lot better, obviously, since that beat down against Georgia. Um, you know, I'm just going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that Bo Nix actually plays a good game and and pick Oregon. Also, I haven't watched a you single never know. second He's... of UCLA play football this year. They're, they're kind of impressive on offense. I'm not going to lie. CB's also got Oregon here, so you're not alone. 
Um, next game up, Texas, six-and-a-half-point favorite in Stillwater against the Cowboys. This is an interesting game, like a really interesting game to me because the Big 12 just still feels completely wide open. Oklahoma State could have boat raced TCU last week on the road, and it just didn't go down like that. Um, Horn Frogs came back. I'm baby. taking Texas. I'm, I'm taking Texas. I, I like what they got going lately. As long as Quinn Ewers is in the game, I feel like you got to roll with Texas. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Give me the Longhorns. Yeah, I, I agree. As long as Quinn Ewers is playing, I'm picking I'm picking Texas for most games. You know, let's not get crazy yeah. here. Texas the, the is great, but. The, but the way their offense rolls with him in there, I mean, they lost to Texas Tech without him. I don't think Texas Tech is a bad team, but. I don't, I don't think they lose that game with him. They also lost um, Alabama without him. I mean, he got hurt during the game, but they're without him. Yeah, he was out there spinning it on them. He was hitting Hooker in them boys. Exactly. But I digress. Uh, Connor also has Texas here, so a clean sweep for the Longhorns. Um, we got Vandy and Mizzou. Missouri, a 14-point favorite at home. You might never see Missouri favored by two touchdowns ever again. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I'm taking them. The way the way Georgia was able to run all over him, all over Vandy last week, and I like AJ Swan, I really do. Um, but they just they just don't have a whole lot going for them on offense. I mean, just in terms of personnel. So I'm taking Mizzou. That's yeah. kind of weird. I thought I thought Vandy was a better team. Um, this than typical this year, and they may. I mean, be, they, they 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 are, play. but they're still not good. <laughs> They look, they look, but yeah, but they look bad this past weekend. I mean, it's against Georgia. I get it. But, Georgia. But Missouri is not a good team, and they put up a hell of a game against Georgia. So I don't know. I'll, I'll take uh, Mizzou. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Mizzou here, too. Um, is Missouri at home? Yeah, Missouri's at home, 14 point favorites. They're coming off of a bye week, I believe. Um, Vanderbilt just got beat down by Georgia. And, you know, like like I said, Vandy's just – I mean, they're better, and I think Elko's is putting them in a better spot, but they're just not – they're not there yet, so. Yeah. Moving on, we got a little Big Ten action. Um, Minnesota and Penn State. Penn State coming off of uh, eating a can of whoop-ass last week against Michigan, giving up 400 on the ground. Um, Penn State's a four-point favorite at home. Because they gave up so many yards on the ground, I'm taking Minnesota. This dude, Muhammad Ibrahim, runs for 100 yards every week. Every week. This is just his job. Um, I think Minnesota can play some ball control and get the upset here. So, let's, think, just, I, let's just I, I go with it. I don't think it's a bad pick. I do also think Michigan's a much better, you know, running. They are. Team. I mean, Tanner Morgan's playing well. Minnesota's not a bad team, though. They're they're not a bad team, but I I uh I think I'm gonna take Penn State kind of one of the situations where you just get absolutely run over uh, on the ground game, and then the next week you kind of you rebound a little bit. So I'm gonna take Penn State. I agree. And they, plus, I mean, I mean, our sheet is the exact same, so we got to have a little, you know, differences here to make it interesting and points wise. So that's fair. The opposite Dude, I, team of your pick. I absolutely agree with that. They they can't let that that happen again. I mean. Michigan gashed him for a trillion yards on the ground. And, you know, Ibrahim's going to get his. But I think Penn State comes out with it. They're at home. 
the Penn State atmosphere is always great. So fair enough. For what it's worth, Connor also has Penn State, so I'm the lone wolf riding with the Gophers here. Um, it is what it is. Finally, K State, the Fighting Deuce Vaughns on the road against TCU. Uh, the Horny Frogs, three and a half point favorite. You're not picking the Horny Frogs here. What are you waiting on? Yeah, um, I'm not picking against TCU either. Even though Martinez has really turned things around, which is strange to see in terms of turning the ball over, and Deuce Vaughn is that dude. But yeah, give me TCU. Yeah, I mean, it's hard after watching last week. It's hard to not pick TCU on this one. I mean, it looked like they were going to lose to Oklahoma State last week, and they came back and, and got the dub. So, I mean, I'm just not – I'm not picking against TCU until they lose again. I mean, as long as as long as long TCU has Quentin Johnson out there running routes. Hard. Come on. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> hard. <laughs> well, um. I mean, that's the picks. I guess we'll recap last week. Um, Sid's still in first place with 66 points. Uh, I'm trailing just behind him with 63. Uh, Jacob in third with 60. Connor with 55. And Davini playing Caboose with 50. Tough. Tough scene there. Yeah, you know. So. It is what it is. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. There's this was a pretty short episode. There wasn't too much to to go into. Um, but yeah, I don't. I guess that's. I guess that's all we have to say. Uh, I guess we'll come. We'll come back next week. Hopefully, um, all of the teams get a pretty big win this weekend. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, we've been rolling with, with like our team's winning. I know. I know. Been, I hope, it we've makes been four and zero for two weeks. Two and zero last week. So much enjoyable. I mean, we're we're freaking ten and zero right now. The past three weeks. Can we make it? Can we make it thirteen and zero? Can we make it thirteen and zero? I don't know. We'll see. I I would love that. I'm with it. Yeah, we'll see. This episode will probably come out after Georgia Tech already kicked off, uh, just because I have (laughs) I have work until eight tomorrow. But hey, you know, you got you have such thoughts pregame. Go follow us on Twitter, number yeah. four underscore verticals. Yeah, the four verts pod. Yeah, go follow us on Twitter. We're about to get active listens. on there. Hell yeah. Uh, but anyways, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace.